Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Storytime Sunday. Yes. And this is Creeps and Crime Storytime. I'm Charlie. I'm going to be telling you a story today. Thank God I'm back in my driver's seat where I feel comfortable. You've missed it, haven't you? Sophie is very deep today. I so we're recording in the morning and I literally just <laughs> woke her up. And I was like, hey, we're going to record now. And, I was and she like, was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I don't have a choice in this, but it's fine. I've made a coffee. Just... I've got a nice cup of hot chocolate and we are ready to go. So because yeah. we don't have anything else to talk about, let's just start right yeah, away. Let's go. So this story... I haven't told Sophie what this is. No, I have no idea what this is about. So all I've told her is that it's creepy. It's yes. not crime today. I'm going to be talking about creepy things. So that's like Sophie's bread and butter. I so love creepy things. I like the unknown and how it can get me. This might get moment. you at any Ooh. given Well, this got someone at any given moment. Oh, poor them. But... It got two people. Oh, so And very there might perhaps be a third. Is it me? It's not you. We'll find out. <laughs> so this story is totally different from what I've covered recently. Yeah. The pages of this story are turning back to 1966. Ooh, and this time we're nice. going to Brazil. Yay! So the 20th of August in 1966 was a Saturday and it was quite a warm one. I've got my sun cream in my bag upstairs. You might need it because we're very like pale and fragile. Yeah, I'll just sizzle. Sizzle. <laughs> so the thing is, it was a warm one for us here in England anyway. Mm. The average temperatures for this part of Brazil in August are about 23 degrees-ish. Ooh, okay. So it's like warm, but it's not going to kill you. Yeah. Because this part of um, the year for Brazil is actually kind of like their winter. Oh, nice. So it's not like we could here. Bear it. We could maybe deal with it, but I'd be uncomfortable in 23 degrees. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> So a young man who was 18-year-old, Jorge da Costa Alvin, just a one, I'm going to fuck up all these names, all these yeah, places. I'll, I'm not fine. Brazilian, don't I don't know. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, but at least, like, he, it's spelled J-O-R-G-E. And the first time I read it, I was like, George. George. And then I was like, no. no. <laughs> so Jorge da Costa Alvin was flying a kite. It was a good day for flying a kite. The weather was clear, it was a warm, breezy day, and there was hardly anyone else on the hill that Jorge decided to head to. Mm. I've seen other articles and translations of this story that say that he was hunting birds. But either way, he was by himself, on the hill, enjoying his day. I don't like this. It had been raining earlier in the day, so it was quiet. It had cleared up now, but it was raining earlier. Yeah. He trekked up the Morro de Vintem, which was in Niteroi, outside Rio de Janeiro. All right. I don't know where that is. (laughs) I'm nodding, but I I don't understand. Oh, Rio is like the most famous place in Brazil. Yeah, I know it's the the city. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, sort of outskirts of that, there's a a hill called the Morro de Vintem, and that's where he was. So Jorge was having a great time Mm. doing bird hunting or kite flying or whatever it was that he was doing when he realised he could smell something unpleasant. Was it a body? (laughs) (laughs) I gave Sophie a knowing look. (laughs) "Mm." A little further on, he came upon two men lying on the grass. Oh, were they snoozing? He, well, he was minding his own business and staying in his own lane. That's fair. But he ended up getting a bit closer as he flew his kite. Yeah. So now he was a little bit closer. He could see that the men were lying in the tall grass. And weirdly, Mm. they were wearing, like, long overcoats. Oh. Even though it was quite a nice day. 
and they were also lying back wearing sunglasses. Yeah, I get that. No, not sunglasses. Jorge got a bit closer, and they were bizarre masks of some kind. Oh, like goggles? And upon closer inspection, both of the men were dead. Oh, dear. So Jorge booked it down the hill because fuck staying in his lane and called the police as soon as he could get his hands on a phone. Oh, bless. He immediately reported two dead people. However, Vintum Hill was quite tricky terrain, and Mm. it ended up that the police couldn't get up to where the bodies lay until the following day. Oh, God. That's a lot of evidence gone. Well, potentially. Yeah, with, with the sun. And if it's just been raining, I imagine there's a lot of dew about. Or maybe well, I mean, this is? is kind of... It's it's like early afternoon at this point. So okay. I think by the time he gets back down to the bottom of the hill again... Yeah. I've seen some places say it was sort of like three o'clock when he called the police-ish. So by the time they got there and started to get up the hill, it was like early evening and it was starting to go dark. Oh, and they were like, right. fuck this shit. Um, yeah, so the, as my next sentence is actually, the yeah. light was fading as it was now ah, early evening. <laughs> right. And the police didn't want to risk anyone falling down the rocks in the dark. Yeah. The next morning... Police officers began their trek up the hillside. They reached the spot the boy had told them about and discovered, just like he said, two dead men. Now, I don't know what ideas they might have had about what exactly they would find, but I'm pretty Mm. sure this wasn't it. Mm. If you knew you were going to recover two bodies of adult men up a hill, you'd probably assume... What... You know what? Like, what would you think? I would think, especially if they're in the long grass... They were probably having a good time with some kind of substance, having a chill lying down, looking at the clouds, making shapes out of them. Making shapes? You know, like, that one's a starfish, that's a butterfly. Oh, uh, so that you think they just like. A cloud. So, so you think they just like went up to get high and. Yeah, they OD'd. could have been and just chilling. And Possibly. Then they had some bad ingredient in them and it got them both. It's interesting that you say that, actually. Um, but I'm going to come back to that later. Okay. So. I mean, I've got here that you might think if if you if you knew that two men were dead on a hillside, you might think it was a climbing accident. Yeah, true. Maybe a fall or an injury, and one tried to rescue the other and fell. Mm-hmm. You might think there was maybe a fight or an assault or a robbery, and that's yeah. why two men are, are just dead. Yeah. Um, but actually, no, none of these things were discovered. Both men were lying, clearly deceased, without a mark on them. Mm. Now, as Jorge had noted, each of the men was wearing a long coat, so you couldn't see all of their skin at this point. Like the men in black. Because mm. they are so out of place in this heat. Mm. They're not allowed short sleeves. Mm. There were no mean? tears in the clothing, or obvious signs of violence or trauma. Okay. Just decomposition beginning in the August warmth, the swelling and discoloration of the features, and the unmistakable odour of decay. The smell must have carried a while on the hilltop breeze. I don't know about you, but this really reminds me of the Somerton Man, who we covered in our first it does, episode. Yes, it's given the weird formal facts. clothing, lying dead in a public place with yeah. no outward sounds of violence. It gives me Somerton Man There's vibes. Some parallels. Yeah, and I, I think if that there's going to be more further into the story. We'll there might see. not be, but there, there might be. be. Anyway, so back to our current story. Mm-hmm. The two men were found wearing formal suits with raincoats over the top. The masks over their eyes were heavy and found to be made of lead. What? What? Yeah. So it wasn't like a full face mask no. that you're that like you were, if you said like a lead mask on someone's face, you'd probably think of like a full thing, like a witch. This was thing. 
Yeah. Oh, that would be cool. Imagine if they were wearing like Plague Doctor. Yeah. They weren't though, which is really disappointing. So this was a large rectangular, almost blindfold type thing. So it was a thin sheet of lead Mm. that was curved to fit over your eyes. Oh, does that, does lead protect you from radiation or anything? This is funny you say this. So <laughs> lead can protect you from radiation. Yeah. But a mask to protect you from radiation, you would need to cover. Just covering your eyes yeah. would not shield the rest of you from radiation. Because you can take it so from your skin, can't you? You can. Everything. Yeah, exactly. So if you want to be protected from radiation, you need a hell of a lot more than just a thin piece of lead covering your eyes. Yeah. But... In 1966, there was a lot of hoo-ha about radiation and, like, atomic weapons and technology and stuff. So we we are actually going to get into that. So I'm really glad you mentioned radiation. That's that's very very good. Where am I up to? Yeah. I've (laughs) seen some sources that say that the men were lying on piles of leaves that look as though they were neatly pulled or trimmed off the plants. Oh, so they did some gardening before they went. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of them. Um, the men, apart from being dead, looked completely relaxed and comfortable. The men had on them a bag with an empty water bottle and two small towels. Mm. I've seen some sources that say the towels were damp, but I can't find anything concrete about it, so I don't know if they were or not. They might not have been, but they may have been. It's quite hard to research a case that's almost 60 years old, and most of the reports and articles are in a language you can't speak. Yeah. I kind of wonder why I decided to do this case in the first place. (laughs) There was a small amount of money on each of them, nothing out of the ordinary for a well-dressed person in a nice part of Rio. Mm. So I bet you want to know what's in their pockets. I would love to know what's in their pockets. <laughs> and if there's any secret pockets. <laughs> well, actually, obviously, yeah, in Summerton Man, there was a secret pocket. There was, with a small bit of paper in. Unfortunately, there aren't any secret pockets in this, but... Maybe they just didn't find them. Oh, that would be Can really interesting. Can I have a look at their clothes, please? I don't know if they still exist. I don't know. Why not? I don't know how Brazil Record keeps their cases from 1966. But they should keep closing updates. Well, you'd think they would. I'll ask. <laughs> You're just going to ask Brazil. <laughs> I want to look in that pockets. <laughs> so, um, of course I'm going to tell you what was in their pockets. There was a receipt for the water bottle. So back then, you if you took it back, you could get some money back for it as they could refill it and use it again. Because oh, it's not like these days where... This disposable plastic ones like now. So they kept the receipt, so you can assume that they were going to take it back for the deposit. Yeah. There was also a notebook in the pockets of one of the men. Yeah. One of the pages had a list of electronic parts and numbers that corresponded to it. Can I ask what language it was written in? It was all written in Portuguese. Okay. So everything that's been written down has been translated. Um, And there's not really been any disputes about the translation, so it's it's assumed that it's translated accurately. In case they were like from somewhere else and it was in English or something. That would have been really interesting, but no, it was it was all in in Portuguese. Okay. Um, Yeah. So where was I? Yeah, one page had a list of electronic parts and their numbers. Another page had a rather interesting note. Obviously. Yeah. This was in Portuguese. <laughs> but I'm not even going to try and read it out in the original because okay. I will fuck it up. The translated version reads as follows. Quote, 4.30pm, be at the determined place. 6.30pm, swallow capsules, after effect, protect metals, wait for mask signal. End quote. Now, Ooh. you might think that this sounds a bit hinky-dinky because of a weird translation error. <laughs> 
but no. In Portuguese, the grammar is actually pretty dodgy as well, and it reads a bit strange. Mm. So the police definitely felt this was important, if bizarre. Yeah. What do you think of that note? I think it correlates with where they've ended up, be it on the hill. I also think there was maybe another location they have been to prior to that. I think the the lead mask, whatever thing is mentioned there, but with the signal, yeah, they were waiting on someone else or something else. Yeah, depending on the time. Yeah, it's like, it's, did they miss it, or did the other parties decide to just not turn up and tie up a loose end there and then? Or I don't. Is know. that what arrived? Maybe, and that's why they're dead. Yeah, but it says to take the capsule and then wait. But how long do you have to wait before that capsule kicks in? And what does it do? What's yeah, it for? What's it? What's even in it? Exactly. It's on there. So, lastly, the police found drum roll. The men's identification. Hey. The men had ID, which means unlike the Somerton man, we actually know who these people are. Thank fuck. They are Manuel Pereira de Cruz and Miguel Jose Viana, okay. thirty-two and thirty-four years old, respectively. Wow. The bodies were taken to the morgue at the hospital, but not a very thorough investigation into the corpses was actually done. I know, I Give know. me the body. No. <laughs> I'm bracing myself for decomp smell. It's fine. I don't so care. at this time of year in Brazil, it's not the hottest seasons. This was more like mid-autumn to winter in Brazil. Mm. But despite the days being cooler than other parts of the year, it was still hot enough to decompose the body significantly mm. over a three-day stint out in the open. Mm-hmm. Because that's how long it turns out they've been there. Mm. Unfortunately, there was no toxicology reports done on the men. I know, I know. That's such a face palm move. Like that's you'd expect that to be done with what's been mentioned in the note that they would check. Yeah, exactly. So the police said that um there was no toxicology report specifically because the the insides of the men mm. were so decomposed that there was no point doing toxicology because of the decomposition, which I think is kind of preposterous because you can still do a toxicology report when decomposition has begun. Yeah, and they're like, if it's three hours, they're kind of freshly dead. No, three days. Oh, three days. Three days. Ah, yeah. So okay. yeah, it's so it's, it's hot, they'll be, yeah, so decomp will have started, they'll like, the skin will have started sort of, like sloughing maybe a little bit they'll be swollen yeah. they'll be leaking from orifices mm-hmm. it won't have been pleasant at all yeah. um but yeah i mean i'm not i'm not a mortician no we don't know what specifically goes on no but um but yeah i think maybe in the maybe in 66 they wouldn't have been confident that um cuz obviously when when you decompose your body does um when your body's breaking down um there is obviously chemical changes that are taking place gases being created and released Mm. um so that will affect what a toxicology screen can pick up i suppose because there's extra things in there when you're dead Mm. that wouldn't have been present when you're alive so it's more like a matter that it couldn't be done Maybe back then it couldn't. The results may have been skewed. Maybe, or maybe just they were so 
like you said, goopy on the yeah. inside. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, or maybe when they were doing the autopsy, I think it is that like the stomach contents were maybe completely, um, everything stomach-wise was just decomposed. So rather than thinking, yeah, we'll test what this liquid is, they were like, no, it's just decomp liquid, mm-hmm. whatever. And they just yeah. didn't check the oh, actual right. chemical analysis of it, which is mm. what I think is mm. probably more likely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway. So, but yeah, I'm so gutted that there was no toxicology because that could have answered some <laughs> really important, that, that could have answered some questions that I want to know the answers to. Definitely. I mean, this means that because an autopsy didn't determine any cause of death or violence either, there's mm-hmm. no way of knowing how the men died. Mm-hmm. If a toxicology report was done, then we would be able to either confirm or eliminate poisoning. Yeah, As it stands, that. however, we have no idea. The content of the note has led to many people to believe that the men may have ingested some kind of poisonous capsule. Mm. We know that they were directed at 6.30 in the evening to take capsules, and we can assume that this is what the bottle of water was brought for. Oh, yes. However, it is why they took the capsules and what the capsules contained that we will never know. Mm. Which is so torturing to the inquisitive mind. Upon investigating who these men were in life, it became obvious that there was more interesting stuff in their background. Each of the men was married and they worked together. Mm. Both Pereira de Cruz and Viana were electronics repairmen and they were not local to the area. It turns out that they were from Campos dos Goitacazes, which is around 175 miles away from the region they were found. Mm. This was about a four-hour drive, so it's quite far. In the men's homes, they had books about complex electronics and lots of equipments and tools. Mm. They clearly loved their jobs, and they were interested in lots of tech-related things outside of just working in the field. It can safely be assumed that the numbers written down in the notebook referring to electronics parts were related to the electronics business Mm. and actually a journalist has since checked the codes and they do appear to be legitimate electronics parts Mm. but where had the men been before their final destination on the hillside they had each told their wives that they were going to purchase electronic components for their repair business and a car in sao paulo if the numbers in the notebook are related to this transaction then it might be that they were telling the truth but that definitely isn't all they had planned They both set off at 9am on Wednesday, August 17th, and they took quite a significant amount of money with them. In their currency at the time, they had 3 million cruzeiros. It's difficult to work out how much that's worth in today's money as inflation has changed a lot and that currency doesn't even exist anymore. Uh, At the time, it was worked out that to be, let me have a look here what I've got, 56,165 cruzeros was worth one pound sterling. Oh. Yeah. So the men, therefore, had about 485 pounds on them. Oh. In today's pounds, that's a little over 6,200. Oh, nice. In American dollars, that's about 7,650. So quite a chunk. Yeah. So if they're going to go and buy, like, a second-hand car and some electronic stuff, mm. you, you might be able to do some of that. It depends yeah. what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so after a few hours traveling, they arrived at about two in the afternoon. It was raining that day and they bought the raincoats that they were later found in. So they got the raincoats because it was raining. Yeah. Okay. That's that's good. The receipts for the coats was, of course, in the pockets. So the police were able to go back to the shop Uh because the receipts were there. And the person who sold the coats remembered them. They also stopped to buy the bottle of water. Mm. And the police also found the clerk who sold them the water. 
The clerk remembers that the men seemed a bit nervous and they kept checking what time it was. It was about 3.15pm when mm. witnesses saw them walking up the Mara de Vintum. Wow. So you look like you wanted to say something. It's just, I'm just hearing like the last moments and it's like, do they know how this is going to go? Or do they think it's going to be all right? Yeah, it's always weird when you... I can't, I can't figure yeah. it out. The thing that I find very interesting is that they kept asking the clerk what time it was. Exactly. Because obviously there's times on the notes, like, be here at this time, take capsules yeah. at this time. And they're like, what time is it? What and time is we... it? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, are they... Yeah, so they obviously knew that they had things to do at that time. Yeah, they've got deadlines. Yeah. Oh, deadlines. <laughs> <laughs> they were seen hitchhiking in a Jeep a little while after that. Almost two hours later, at 5pm, a young man saw them sitting together, high up on the hill, and thought it was a little strange. Mm. This young man will be the same to discover the bodies days later. Oh, bless him. So he saw them at five o'clock sitting down wow. on the hill. Yeah. Um, so he's the last to see them alive as well. Yeah. That's and the it. first to find them dead. That's which heavy. is a lot. You'd feel guilty. It would just feel strange. Yeah. So, while talking to the families of Miguel and Manuel, the police mm. discovered that they had a friend who would prove to be rather important to the case. Mm. So, this third man, who sometimes worked with the pair on some extracurricular activities, Ooh. is named Elicio Gomez. Gomez had some interesting things to tell the police, and this is where it starts to get weird. Oh. So if you think it's weird already, hold on to something, because this is about to get weirder. I've got the table. Yeah, gripping the table. I might. (laughs) (laughs) All three men were into something called scientific spiritualism. Oh, that sounds cool. And there were groups in the area of like-minded people. These men were part of such a group. If you don't know what scientific spiritualism is, but you think it sounds a bit culty... Yeah. then you would kind of be onto something. Oh, good. It sounds a bit culty to me, too. It, it does, definitely. To explain it briefly, mm. the men believed that they could use hard science, electronics, and machinery to contact spirits. Okay. These spirits were from space. Of course they were. I mean, aliens might have ghosts. It, mm, if humans can, then why should yeah, aliens? I mean, that's very inclusive of you. Yeah. Um... Some of the spirits lived on other planets Mm. and sometimes visited in UFOs. That's really sweet. I want to get more into scientific spiritualism a little bit later, so just put that in your pocket for now. But we will be going back to it. Do you mean you want to get into it, like, personally? No. I mean, I I do have more to tell you about it, so you just keep that in mind. But that's the kind of thing that they were really passionate about. That's really cool, but it's a shame I probably killed them. Yeah. Trying something out. It's like, yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do it again. <laughs> the first statement that Gomez made to police were a little bit inconsistent. So mm. the police kept his name on the radar because yes. he, he was a little bit inconsistent with what he said happened. Yeah. Manuel's widow, however, had some opinions about Gomez and filled the police on something that Gomez left out. Ooh. So Gomez and Manuel had actually had an argument not that long before Manuel died. Yeah. Um this was enough for police's interest to turn into action and they actually arrested Alicia Gomez about a year Ooh. after the men died. Wow. Upon his arrest, he was able to give police an alibi for when his friends met their end. He said that he was with another group of friends and they were four hours away from Van- Vintem Hill. When mm. the police got the alibi checked out, they continued to talk to him. Good. So 
While it didn't seem likely that Gomez could have committed a crime against the men on the hillside, he did still have some interesting things to tell the police. Mm. The two men were electronic repairmen by day, but their interesting technology spanned far beyond their nine to five. Both men enjoyed creating machines and gadgets, and Gomez often came by to help. They created and set up extremely bright, powerful fireworks as well. There was actually another Charlie, not just me, who did some research on his case. Ooh. So Charles Bowen was the name of him, and he wrote articles in in the <laughs> Flying Saucer Review. That's really sweet. Which just is the most adorable. That's awesome. <laughs> I just think it's great. Um, I did read some of his articles, and they were very interesting. Oh, I buy a copy. Um, so one such article was published in March 1967, seven months after the men died. Mm. Bowen reported that the Portuguese newspapers have published stories about two months before the bodies were found that involved the two mysterious men mm. and their friend Alicia Gomez. What the fuck? Yeah, so they were in the paper before they died. Do we know in what context they were mentioned? We do have a little bit. Ooh. So remember that scientific spirituality that we put in our pockets a minute ago? Yeah. Get it back out again for exactly. a little peek. The three men were in Manuel's back garden. And they were building a device. This was what was in the paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea behind it was that this device would help them communicate with spirits that were trying that they were trying to reach mm-hmm. from Mars. Uh, yeah, I don't see why not. So they were building a machine in their back garden that would yeah. let them communicate with spirits that lived on Mars. You know what I would do? What's that? You need to buy a telescope, <laughs> and one spirit box. Oh my god. A telescope and a spirit box. Easy peasy. No one gets hurt. Oh my god. It makes sense. That's so funny. However, it didn't quite go according to plan. And the contraption, whatever it was, exploded. Oh dear. (laughs) It caused quite a mess. (laughs) Enough of a mess to make the local paper. Yeah, and to redo the garden. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm not surprised that Manuel's widow was like this yeah. fucking guy, Alicia Gomez. He exploded my rhododendrons. <laughs> I am not happy. Yeah. So shortly after this happened, there is another documented incident. Ooh. This one comes with a date though, June thirteenth. It was known in the article as the quote Atafona Beach explosion. End oh, quote. <laughs> another explosion. Do they not learn? These three men, along with others, had gone down to Atafona Beach. They hadn't been there for very long when, quote, an intensely luminous object came down over the shore. Five minutes later, when it began to rise, there was a blinding flash and an explosion which rocked the city of Campos and buildings far beyond, end quote. So it was at the... I'm still half asleep here. (laughs) So this floaty thing was at the shoreline of the beach. This is what it says, yeah. So it says impacting buildings. So yeah, the the quote is saying the very bright object came Mm -hmm. down over the shore. Right. And then a few minutes after it came down, it started to rise up again. Yeah. Then there was a huge explosion and everything was like vibrating. Jeez. Yeah. And like part with the megaphones in the Simpsons. Yeah. And just every piece of glass just bammed. I don't think every piece of glass bammed. But mm. I do think that it was probably very loud and you probably could feel it. I think the person who 
witness this was probably mm. standing very close so the vibrations probably felt yeah i don't scary. think it was like you know miles away buildings were like no like crumbling to the ground or anything. <laughs> i think this person is being a little dramatic but maybe yeah. it i think being close to whatever this was probably would have felt very intense yeah it's spooky so investigators into the incident reported that fishermen in the area had seen a flying saucer fall into the sea Ooh. obviously we don't have anything to base this off but mm. it does seem to be one of those instances where multiple people report seeing the same thing yeah at the very least, there was definitely some kind of explosion on the beach. Yeah. Without definitely. a doubt. So the fishermen mm-hmm. in the local area thought that it was a UFO. That's fair. That's what they thought. Um, Are they some... part of the um, scientific spiritualism? No, yeah. so scientific spiritualism in this era mm. and here was actually quite popular amongst like tech nerds so people oh. that were into electronics and people that repaired it like were, it was quite common for electronics repairmen like these three to be into that kind of thing yeah um fishermen i don't think it would have really appealed to them so these no. people who like their whole lives were like working hard yeah. like with their hands so yeah these like the fishermen obviously they're not really into scientific spiritualism they don't really no. have a reason to make this up no. so they saw something they for sure um, some people think that it was some kind of scientific spiritualism gathering on the beach and that Manuel and Miguel had brought another kind of machine with them. They think that this machine worked about as well as the first one and it just blew up. Mm-hmm. The fishermen definitely seemed to be certain that they saw a UFO. Okay. They weren't the only people who saw one, however. Mm. Between this event on Atafona Beach and the men being discovered on the hill, mm. something else happened. Oh my god, there's something explode. If you remember, the 17th of August was the same day that the men went to the hilltop. Mm-hmm. At some point around this time, they died, and their decomposing bodies were discovered on the 20th of August. On the 17th of August... Yeah. There was another report of a UFO being sighted. Okay. However, this time it was reported by a local woman called Gracinda Barbosa Coutinho de Sousa. That's a cool name. It's a very, I really like it. Gracinda Barbosa Coutinho de Sousa. She was a very well-respected lady in this affluent local community Ooh. and known around the area as a society lady. Oh, nice. So she's got some good shit going on. Yeah. At this time in Brazil, social distinctions were super important. Yeah. So Gracinda was going to be taken seriously. She's a credible source. She's a credible source. Well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, she's got no reason to lie. And because mm-hmm. she has social standing, mm-hmm. she might be kind of embarrassed to talk about it it's risky because she obviously people's opinions of her is important mm-hmm. so we'll see where this goes yeah so yeah. she was driving with her children when she saw a round orange object it rose up into the sky and it had a band of fire around the edges as it rose into the sky it sent out rays in all directions the mm-hmm. object was rising on top of the hill and of course this would be the Mara de Vento. so mm-hmm. it's the same hill that the men went up she pulled over to look at it with her children, which, of course, you fucking would be like, hey, kids, get out of the car and look no. at this weird, fiery object. Stay in the car and just reverse. Yeah, just get the fuck reverse. out. But yeah, no, she was like, hey, kids. Um, she pulled over to look at it, and the object yeah. rose and fell for around four minutes. I'd be a really happy child, to be honest. Mm. Dad would let us out of the car. and be like, come on, guys. Don't tell your mother. We'll just have a peek. <laughs> yeah, Dad would be like, be like don't okay. tell mom. Let's have a shuffle at this weird UFO. <laughs> I'll get out the camcorder. <laughs> right, okay. 
If you remember, the 17th of August was the same day that the men went to the hilltop. Mm. At some point around this time, they died, and their decomposing bodies were discovered on the 20th of August. The very same night that the men were on the hillside, meeting their demise, this woman saw a strange, fiery object rising and falling and sending out rays. Mm. When Grisinda told her husband, he drove down to where she saw the object so he could have a look. But at this point, whatever she saw had gone. Mm. A couple of days later, once the news about the men's bodies came out, her husband didn't tell his wife about the deaths so as not to upset her. But he did drive straight to the police and tell them about what she saw. That's that's good. Which is kind of smart. Interestingly, when Grisinda was interviewed by the police, there are more details she told them that have never been released to the public. So she told them more that that she saw. Can I just ask a question before it's too late? Yeah, of course you can. So in these instances that have been reported, yeah, and these two men and another one were seen interacting with it, do you know if they were wearing those lead goggles, glasses, masks? So nobody has reported that the... So do you mean the, the two explosions in the newspaper? Yeah. There were no mentions of the lead masks being worn. Then. Mm. I just wonder if they're being worn so they can observe that safely. This is something that people have thought about, oh. um, but it's not been reported that they were wearing those at the other instances. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, unfortunately, nobody said, but it is something that people have thought about. Mm. Um, so it's a good question. Um, but yeah, I do find it really interesting that Grisinda told the police yeah. something else that they've never released. And we still don't know to this day. We still don't know what it is. But she saw that that we've described. Yeah. And more. What would it be? I have no idea. But whatever it is, they've never said. Mm, Okay. Which is so infuriating because they desperately want to know. Yeah. The sighting was published in two respected local newspapers, and then more people in the area came forward saying they too had seen the mysterious object. When asked why the new witnesses didn't say anything earlier, mm. they were embarrassed to have seen a UFO and only felt they could talk about it once they seen that Grisinda had done so. Wow. Yeah. So that really shows how important she was in the local community because other people yeah. were like, fuck this, I'm not saying anything. People will trusted. think I'm bananas. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into some theories. Mm. There are some out there, probably a lot of people in this scientific spiritualism thing, who yeah. believe that the two men came into contact with the spirits they were seeking out and they were so powerful they died whoa the thing is it's super outlandish but you can't disprove it yeah there's no official cause of death for the men and there were no signs of trauma or violence Mm. these two men were obsessed with ufos as proven by books and journals found in their homes they made frequent attempts to build technology to contact aliens and spirits from space Mm -hmm. and with each failed attempt they only became more determined to try again so what if they tried something and it worked yeah. Vintem Hill was known in the area to be somewhere that strange things were seen and we know from accounts that something bizarre was seen on the hill that very evening yeah was it those two making the strange thing or was it something else though? exactly like was that something that they'd created we don't know but then we didn't not like they didn't have anything on them yeah, like true. it's not like they were looking around like remote controls for a drone like a huge it's 1966 they don't have drones but it's mm-hmm. not as if they had like you know, lots of equipment and bags mm. and stuff with them. Yeah. Where they could have built something up there. Like, they literally mm. just came in their suits with their coats. Just themselves. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, that's the thing that's kind of alarming. Mm. Another theory is that the men intentionally committed suicide. It's, I think it's unlikely that they committed suicide with a final death being the end goal. But perhaps this was a Heaven's Gate type thing where they wanted to die to ascend, to reach the next part of their life. If they become spirits, they can go see the... The space spirits. The space ghosts. Maybe. If you can be a ghost and, like, float... Then you can just fucking zoom up there. You can go to space. Do you mean the atmosphere? Yeah. Not the hemisphere. Well, move wherever. Whatever sphere, you can leave it. (laughs) Stratosphere. You can fucking get out of that. Sphere. Go to Mars. Go to Mars. Yeah, maybe. Um, Perhaps they thought that in a physical death, (laughs) they could meet and interact with the spirits they so desperately sought. You keep, like, reading my next line. (laughs) Without reading it. (laughs) Oh, I can't see this. Yeah, she can't see my notes, but she keeps saying, like, hey, what about this thing? (laughs) And it's like, I'm literally about to say those words. (laughs) Others think that they accidentally overdosed on drugs, which is what you said right at the beginning. (laughs) So some members of the scientific spiritual community use psychedelic drugs to see spirits and aliens. And some people think that the capsules in the note were referring to this. So wait for the effects and then you'll see shit. Mm. However, maybe the men took too much and just died. Oh, bless. No toxicology, no idea. Yeah. The thing is, this is interesting. We know roughly how much money the men took to the hill. And we know Mm. what they bought on the way. Yeah. And there should have been quite a lot left over. Yeah. But there wasn't. Mm. It wasn't that they didn't have any money. They had some money. But just not enough for what they took with them and what they bought. Do you reckon they bought the capsules off someone? This is a thing. Oh. So it's... It, I mean, they could have got robbed, but then a robber would have taken all the money. He wouldn't have, like, have left some. would have a bit of a struggle. Exactly. Way. So that's not likely. Some people speculate... You're doing it again where you're going to read out my next line. <laughs> some people speculate that the men went to the hill to meet someone to perhaps make some kind of deal. Yeah. The theory goes that the men were making a deal to purchase radioactive equipment Ooh. to help them see aliens. Wow. Because the sort of underground trade in radioactive equipment was quite a thing here and mm. back then. Yeah. Um, it was very illegal and very hush-hush and very dodgy. Mm. So you had to be really careful and it was quite dangerous. And you had to know the right people. You had to know the right people, or in this case, perhaps the wrong people. Mm. The seller took their money, gave them anti-radiation pills and masks to protect their eyes from all the forces they would meet, along with the written instructions which were found on them. Mm. The pills would be nothing more than something poisonous to kill them and leave no trace of deception. Mm. And the masks obviously don't really do anything. Mm. Like I said earlier, masks to protect the wearer from radiation cover your whole face, whereas this only covered the eyes. Mm. So another reason that people think that they were sold the capsules or sold on this idea for like radiation or whatever is that the handwriting on the note like i don't think they match the handwriting to like i don't think they looked at that but the grammar in the note is very poor and these two men were very smart yeah okay so Mm. because the grammar is a little bit hippy dippy they were like maybe they didn't write this because if they did they would have written it so it made sense yeah so yeah, they think that the note might have been passed to them with the capsules and with whatever, mm. and they took them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before I finish up this story, there's one more thing that I want to discuss. 
In another eerily similar reflection of the Somerton Man, yes. there is an instance of something very similar happening a few years before. Did they make a cast of a place? No. Another man died in almost identical fashion in almost the same place. So if you remember, like with the Somerton Man, there was an instance of another man dying mysteriously, possibly suicide, with a copy of the Rubaiyat in a really similar place in a park. Mm. And that's very unsolved. And this is something very similar as well. Yeah. So four years prior to this, in 1962, Hermes Louis Fetosa, I'm fucking up all of these words, um, was found deceased on top of the Morro de Cruzeiro, which Mm. is about a 45-minute drive from the hill that Miguel and Manuel were found on. Hermes was a television technician and also loved technology and electronics. Mm. Like the two men in 1966... His body was also found with a lead mask lying next to him. So he didn't have it on? No. His was next to him, so it might have fallen off. Yeah, and he'd taken it off. He might have taken it off. It's incredibly bizarre. Bizarre? Bizarre? (laughs) Bizarre. And there are no answers. With the state of this case being what it is, it's incredibly unlikely that this is ever going to be solved. Yeah, that's that's understandable. And that's... All of the information I have. It can't be. There's nothing else. The fuck? That's it. I mean, it's also got me wondering, with this, um, I'm going to get it wrong again, scientific spiritualism? That's it. Hell yeah. Is there a hierarchy within that? I have no idea. I'm just wondering if there is. I think it's more like, so... Or is it more like a church? I don't think it's so much... I think, from what I've read about it, Mm. it doesn't seem like... A group with like a hierarchy and a leader it seems Mm. sort of like more like an ideology right yeah that people sort of gather to as like a community yeah they just share it that yeah so there might be like someone who is in charge Mm -hmm. but that's never mentioned yeah in anything that i could find okay so if they are leading it they're not doing a very good job of being like obviously in power i don't know i think they're the ones being led oh yeah yeah um do you have a something that you think i guess i have like half a loose theory Mm -hmm. it could be if there is a hierarchy in place maybe they came to know too much say there's something going on within the um community community yeah and they were misled under the guise of oh you're gonna find out something great i need you to try out this thing for me you know, give yeah. it five goes and you'll be able to do such a thing or I'll let you work on such equipment, whatever. Yeah. So they were trying stuff out to try and get to it when they were just really uh, making sure they weren't involved anymore. And they used this as a way for them to leave without passing on any information outside of the community. That's a very interesting story that you've put together from not a lot of information. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I can't decide whether... Like, I do think I'm like set on that completely. I but think it's something I'm considering. The thing, like, so my opinion is that nobody asked for yeah. is that it's it's hard because if there wasn't reports of what Grisinda and the other people in the area saw, if you take mm. out that sighting, yeah, then I would say that the men were tricked into purchasing poisonous pills, yeah, 
or it was the sale of radiation material gone wrong mm -hmm. under the thought of you will see some trippy aliens yeah. take this pill Mm -hmm. wear this mask lie down and then the mars ghosts will come and chat with you yeah but they just it was just od to get the money and they lay that and just died yeah. that's what i would believe if grisinda hadn't seen a ufo on that hill when they died mm. on that night and i do think that because grisinda had such a social standing if they, I don't think that these people would have made that up because it could have potentially ruined their reputation and their reputation yeah. was everything in in the 60s. Mm. So, yeah. What did she see? Like, how how is that related to it? Because it's definitely related to it. Do you reckon she saw people there of other social standing with it? What? Well, with the sighting that she saw with the thing on fire. Yeah. Like, say, further on a hilltop or behind some rocks, she saw some familiar faces. No. Why not? Because she didn't. What are you talking about? Yeah, but you said that she's mentioned stuff to the police that we don't know about. That would be something that you'd want to keep secret. Yeah. Oh, so you're saying <laughs> that the Moro de Ventum is a big hill. Like, it took these guys hours to hike up it. It's not... If if you're driving on a road and you're so looking wait, up a hill... She, she wasn't on the hill. She was driving. Yeah. So she was driving by the hill with right. her kids. And then she saw on top of the hill a big orange shape with a fiery mm -hmm. band around it rise up into the sky, mm -hmm. shoot out some rays, and then come back down. And this happened repeatedly for four minutes. Mm -hmm. She would not have been close enough to make out people and their faces. Okay. This is up the hill. She's not on the hill. She's driving. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's not like a hot fuzz situation where you <laughs> see, like, the community elders, like, like looking evil. It's not... Yeah, no. It, no. no. I think the detail that she saw... I, I don't I know, know what it what could be. Is. And that, yeah... Yeah, that really puzzles me. I imagine it's something incriminating to someone else, though. Do you think? Definitely. Yeah. I just, I think, yeah, if if that report wasn't there, then I'd think that they were tricked by another human being and they died alone. Mm. But with that sighting there, that puts something or someone else on that hill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what I can't. Because that that doesn't make sense. It doesn't. And I find it very interesting. I need to know more, but I can't. Because this is all we've got. This is all we've got. I mean, feel free to do your own like research on it. Mm. But there's not much. There's not really anything else. No. Out there that you can you can read about it. I can't imagine there's anything you've missed though. <laughs> I would yeah. hope not. I hope I've not missed anything. Me too. Um. But I really don't think you will have done. Because you're quite thorough. I try my best to be Dora. Um, but yeah, like that is that is all there is. Mm. And yeah, we have no idea. Do you know how them. long they were in this community for? No. I was gonna say if they've been in it for like years. They were they were active in the community, so they yeah. were part of the community enough where they would like build shit and gather people to look at it. That's really fun. Is it? On the surface, it's fun, <laughs> is it? If you've got to buy lead goggles off some guy, 
<laughs> if you've got to buy like <laughs> off some dude with pills, off a then, cool guy, off a cool guy with some well. pills. <laughs> oh my god! There's a lot of trust there, though, to take these pills. Yeah, and you don't know what they are if yeah. if they didn't know what they were. They clearly didn't know what they were. Yeah, and they were very absorbed into. Yeah, we're gonna find this. Yeah, it's gonna be work and be safe. Hmm. Truly stumped on this one. Yeah. And that's where I'm going to leave you. I'm going to be thinking about this all day. Yeah. Thanks. Please, please do. Even when we go out. Yeah. We can gonna, talk about it. You'll say, Sophie, what What do you think of today? I'll go, aliens. <laughs> alien ghosts. You're like, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah, alien ghosts. They got them. So, that's everything I have. Mm. Do you reckon they actually saw anything? Or do you think they just got, like, radiated at the eyes? Because I don't think that lead thing will have done much. They didn't get radiated the eyes. No. Because their eyes were fine, just decomposed a mm. little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. But, I mean, because there was no toxicology report, I mean, there weren't, they didn't have signs of, like, outward signs of radiation poisoning, like like burns or anything like that. Okay. Um, yeah. Like I said, there was no signs of trauma on the bodies. That which is what made worse. a lot of people think about, like, poisoning. Yeah. Um... But yeah. yeah. If it's not on the outside, it's usually on the inside. Usually, otherwise it's nothing. Mm. Um, and then but yeah. still be alive. <laughs> then, yeah. <laughs> so this is where we're going to leave you. Yeah. This story is closed. That's it. <laughs> Book closed. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks um, for telling me I'm this. really interested to know what other people think, so please do send us a message. Um, yeah, especially if there's any locals to the area. Yeah, if there's anyone listening who lives in Rio or the area around the Mora de Vintem who maybe there's like some, some local rumours about yeah. cakes, maybe or some ideas. Yeah, it would be really interesting to have a local perspective. Because there will have been stuff that wasn't reported, for sure. Oh yeah, that people discuss. Yeah, like, like oh I'm still too reluctant to like say Like rumours and stuff, yeah that would yeah. be really interesting. Um, I wonder if there's any like footprints from aliens. From the 60s? Yeah. My God. If Bigfoot existed in the 60s, why can't he? Right, okay. I'm definitely closing <laughs> this out now. This is enough for me. <laughs> so thank you for listening. Um, as usual, I'm going to post photos related to the case Ooh. onto our Instagram page, which is yeah. Creeps and Crime Storytime. Um, also, if you have case recommendations or thoughts, mm. please email creepsandcrimestorytime at gmail.com. Definitely send them in. And wherever you listen to your podcast, if you haven't left us... Um, a review please leave us a rating um, the fifth star is our favourite we love that lucky fifth star we love star. the lucky fifth star please leave that and thank you and see you next week bye, bye.